The game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Osman Auction. And now, the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 6.30 chair. Well, I suppose it's fitting. A team with a snowball's chance in hell of making the playoffs has just lost to the Devils. New Jersey 6, Edmonton 3 is the final at Rogers Place. A very flat game by the Edmonton Oilers. Poor penalty killing haunts them again. The goaltending was not good this evening. And Edmonton remaining six points out of a playoff spot. They have just a dozen games left in their regular season. We're live in Studio 99 along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks a lot for joining in. It is 10.45 tonight. Oilers Hockey presented by Osmond Auction. This is Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. Well, Rob, I mean, I don't know about, I don't know about you. We were talking about this a little bit after the game. I, I had a just a uneasy feeling about this game when New Jersey tied it in the last minute of the second period. The Oilers once again can't kill off a penalty. They can't clear the puck. New Jersey makes it 2-2. And I started to think, oh no, is this going to go the wrong way? Now I have a lot of bad feelings that don't turn out that way, but tonight it did. Yeah, and it's funny. I felt the opposite. I I didn't think at any point tonight that the Oilers were going to lose this hockey game. And I probably would have lost the house because I would have bet the house on it. Uh, After what we've seen with New Jersey as of late, with the lineup that they have, coming off uh, a a really poor outing in Calgary, a third period where they gave up six goals, they came in limping, yet they found a way. And uh, give credit to the New Jersey Devils. They came in and and, and out-battled and out-worked and were a little more desperate than the Oilers, but this is a game that the Oilers were desperate for the two points. And I, I think that Bob said after the show that it was tweeted out that Connor McDavid said we, we came to this game, we probably took the New Jersey Devils lightly. And we've talked about this before. They may not be as good as they can be, but they still have NHL players in that lineup, and they got a bunch of kids that are trying to prove themselves. So they came out and gave everything they had, and the Oilers tonight were not as good as they could have been. Their goaltending didn't give them the save it needed. Their power play didn't score the big goal when it was needed, and they and, and eventually gave up a shorthanded goal that sealed the game. So not an effort that the Oilers are going to be happy with. And hopefully uh, they can somehow rebound from this because each game now gets a little bit bigger because of the, the loss tonight. Yeah, and uh, the Oilers stuck on 69 points, six out of a playoff spot. So all these teams I'm going to list off have played 70 games. So there's no games in hand to worry about at the moment. Arizona has the last playoff spot, 75 points. Minnesota, 74. Colorado, 72. Chicago, 71. Edmonton, 69. And is this Vancouver final? Yes, it is. The Canucks now up to 67. So, I I mean, it's, it's always been a long shot for the Oilers. And this is what we were talking about. Before they had that four-game winning streak, you know, 18 games in the left in the regular season, we said, you know what, obviously you want to count wins, but I was looking the other way. you got to count losses. Mm-hmm. And they could afford, and this was best-case scenario, four losses. Well, they lost to the Leafs, and that's one where you thought, okay, that might be a, a tough game. This one was one where you thought, well, they should win. They should jump on the team. So now with 12 games left, you're down to maximum, <laughs> like maximum, two games that you can lose. And it's two games that you can lose against certain teams. One of them is not Arizona. If they go into Arizona, if Arizona wins tomorrow against Anaheim, which you would hope or you would expect if you're an Arizona fan, 
if they go into Arizona and they lose in regulation, they could be 10 points behind the Arizona Coyotes. That seals the season right then and there. So you can't, you can lose maybe two games the rest of the season, but it can't be against Anaheim. Uh, it, it can't probably be against Dallas. It probably can't be against uh, Colorado. Uh, there's games that they cannot lose. And unfortunately, I think one of the ones they cannot lose was the one tonight. 6-3, the Devils take it. So Koskinen pulled. He allowed four goals on 18 shots. The first one he saved. It flipped up over his head. He's backing into position. He knocks it into his net. Zajac was alone in front, got a power play goal late in the first period. Severson floats one through inside the post on the power play. And then the one that got him chased, John Quinville, the Edmonton kid, his first goal of the season, second career NHL goal, fires one from long range. And at that point, Hitch had seen enough. Yeah, well, you know, a lot of times when you're watching a goaltender to see if he's on his game, it's not always just the, the ones that are getting by him. It's whether the rebounds are bouncing off him or if he's swallowing them up. Or the, what tonight I saw early in the game, three times pucks came around the boards and he misplayed them. And that sometimes spells that a goaltender is not on top of his game because normally Koskinen's pretty good at that. So everybody has an odd night or an off night. Unfortunately, when it's the goaltender, it's much more noticeable. And tonight was a game that uh, Koskinen probably would like to have a redo on. And I'm sure that in the Oilers dressing room, there's more than just he that would like the redo because outside of about two or three players in that dressing room, I think the majority of the players will say that they underperformed in tonight's contest. Yeah, and I, I thought Corey Schneider had a, had a really good game for the Devils. I mean, mm -hmm. they had the luxury of into the second period playing with the lead most of the night, but he never let it get to that point where it was, uh, you know, what if for getting tense for the Devils. He kept it under control. Uh, he was very good, and this is a guy that, that's been talked about. I know that I don't know if you talked about it or Bob earlier that he'd gone a, a full calendar year without a win. Yeah. And this is, uh, this is a former all-star. Like, this is a guy that was a leader uh, of the Canucks, and eventually they got rid of uh, Luongo because of it. They, he was the, the leader in New Jersey, and at that point, the New Jersey Devils were like, well, what a great trade, getting Schneider. And then just all of a sudden lost all confidence in his game, and he's starting to get it back, and tonight he was very good. And there's a play that I think may have set the tone for the game. It was in, in the first or second shift of the game, Drysaddle made a nice backdoor pass to Connor McDavid driving the net and Connor got a good tip on it and Schneider made a toe save. If that goes in it's one nothing. New Jersey's thinking okay that's seven straight goals. Right. Here we go and the Oilers are, are, have got a huge lift but Schneider makes that save and that probably settles the team down a little bit so uh, the New Jersey Devils got much better goaltending tonight than the Edmonton Oilers did and at the end of the night that's probably the reason they got the win. 6-3 the Devils take it. Connor McDavid two points he gets to 100 for the third straight season and he has 15 points over the course of an eight game point streak so McDavid is the first Oiler with three straight 100 point seasons since Wayne Gretzky in 87-88 which was actually the end of a run for nine of nine straight 100-point seasons for Gretzky. Then he was obviously traded to Los Angeles that summer. Leon Dreisaitl held off the score sheet as uh, his point streak ends after 14 games. And, you know, I know McDavid got the assists, but I, I just felt there were a lot of attacks from the Oilers' top players tonight. Low percentage, low percentage pass, got deflected by a New Jersey defender, and, and they obviously couldn't get enough going. No, I, I think you're right. And what you saw, too, as the game went on, a little bit of frustration comes in. And when a frustra frustrated star player 
when he gets frustrated, the thing that you notice him becomes a little more individual. You know, he tries to beat too many guys. He, he feels that he has to carry the team a little bit more. And, and you saw that a little bit today where, where Leon and Connor trying to come across the blue line instead of making that little chip pass and going, they tried to beat too many guys. And that's just guys trying to take on too much responsibility. The, the other star players weren't as good as they've been as, a, as of late. And Leon has been on an all-world all pace. And, and Connor's averaging two points a game. He gets another two tonight, but this wasn't Connor at his best. And we, we've been lucky. We get to see both Leon and Connor at their best most nights. Uh, it was a game that I'm sure that a lot of players, including the star players, are going to go home tonight thinking, I could have done better. And they're probably right. 6-3, the Devils win it. You can get us at 780-496-0063. We'll go to the phones in a few minutes, but right now down to the Hall of Fame room for GCL Diesel. Genuine diesel parts and turbochargers at great prices. GCLDiesel.com. Here's head coach Ken well, How well you've been playing the last... Well, this is the red flag game when you're trying to climb the mountain and you've had so many games with so such high level of intensity because you're trying to catch up. You minute you take your foot off the gas, or the minute you take a breath, you get burnt. We got burnt. Um, we didn't respect the opponent enough, uh, I don't think, and it, it led to some careless defensive play, and we got burnt because of it. And you know, it's the time of year right now. As disappointed as it is, we we got to move on. We, got, we play nothing but teams that are ahead of us in the standings, and we got to catch up. So in 24 hours, this is a loss that's, that's going to sting tonight, but we got to move on. But the lesson for me is uh, we, we've played awful well, and we've done it with checking, and we've done it with, with hard play in the critical ice game, and we didn't do that, and we got burnt because of it. Every mistake ended up on our net. Uh, our goalie had a tough night. Hasn't had many of those. Uh, every mistake ended up in our net, and and uh, you know we were too loose defensively and paid for it. You guys had some really good momentum going heading into this thing. How do you get it back really quickly after a night like this? Well, I think we play best afraid. We play way better afraid than we do. Um, We've played awful well against good teams, especially on the road, and we play our best hockey afraid. And I think playing teams ahead in the standings, there's a nervousness that goes with it, and I think we're going to play well. But we're going to have to, we're going to, have to win two of the next three road games. If we expect to stay in the playoffs and build on the homestand, we've got to win two of the next three if we expect to get in. Ken, since, since you've been here and even well before you were here, you know, the penalty kill has just been a constant struggle. It'll have a few good games, then it gives up two or three. What are you seeing? What's the, the root cause of the lack of inconsistency on the penalty kill? Or lack of consistency, sorry. I don't think it's lack of consistency. I think it's been, since I've been here, it's the same issues. We don't win the faceoff, and we don't clear to build time on the clock. We don't get the puck 200 feet. And when you're killing as much as we are in the zone, Jason, you, you're, you're going to get burnt. And you look, at, you look at the opportunities with 55 seconds left. There's, that's the sixth time that's happened this year where we've had, at the end of a period, had a chance to kill a penalty off. We never got the puck out four times. We never got it down the ice four times and paid for it again. And 
that to me has been typical of what's gone on. When we've been good, we've done it. And when we haven't, we've paid an awful price for it. And tonight we paid for it big time. That goal was a momentum that hurt us a lot because we had done a lot of good things and, and got burnt big time on that. Shorthanded goal in the third burned you too? I mean, yeah. Their opportunity to get back and make it 5-4. Well, that's missed opportunity three times at the net, and then they just clear the puck and end up on a breakaway. I know it's easy to say it's one of those nights, but it is one of those nights. I think the lesson is that we're we're a good team if our foot stays right on the gas, and the minute we let it off based on performance or the minute some of the people that we really count on have off nights, we don't win. So we're going to have to get everybody back on track. We've got 48 hours to clear the deck, and let's get going. Was your best defense pair Benning and Sekra? By far. That's not a good sign. Not a good sign. So they were, I thought Matt Benning, this last three games has just been outstanding. Really good. Okay, thanks. All right, that's Hitch as the Oilers drop it 6-3 to the Devils. We'll also go into the New Jersey dressing room later on for BDO First Call Debt Solutions, Bankruptcies and Consumer Proposals, License Insolvency Trustees. Something that stuck out for me there, Rob. Hitch said, we play better afraid, which is great, but <laughs> you got to win some games when you're not afraid. Yeah, well, it's funny. Bob upstairs said that the Oilers struggle when they got prosperity, when they're feeling good about themselves. They don't play as well, and that's kind of what Hitch is echoing, just saying from the other side of it. Um, I, I agree with it. I think sometimes, and I don't think the Oilers played arrogant today, but maybe they were a little overconfident. Maybe they didn't realize. It's tough to win in the National Hockey League. It is. It's tough doing all the little things, taking hits to make a play, blocking shots, coming hard back on the, on the back check, being on the right side defensively. Those are all hard things. And when it, you feel that maybe you've got a night where you can take a few of those off, you, you, you cheat a little bit, and it comes back and bites you because the team on the other side isn't doing that. The New Jersey Devils didn't take any simple plays for granted. Uh, they, they, they had a pack, uh, a mob mentality when Connor had the, the puck. It wasn't, Connor didn't have to beat one guy, he had to beat three. They got every puck out that they needed to get out. They, they, they fought for pucks at the blue line. They fought on every face-off to get through to the point, to block shots. And that's how they had to play, the only way they could have success. And the Oilers didn't match that tonight. And because of that, the New Jersey Devils got a couple bounces, a couple breaks, uh, a couple goals that probably normally wouldn't go in. But when you're doing all the little things right, you usually come out on the right side of the scoreboard. So 6-3 doubles is the final. Whenever the Oilers score five or more in a game, you can go to the Oilers page on 630Ched.com and print up a coupon for a free appetizer at Japanese Village. Steak and seafood cooked right at your table. Edmonton South, downtown, north side in Sherwood Park. That's the good old Japanese Village goal light. We haven't seen it in a while. All right, more post-game reaction. You'll hear from Connor McDavid coming up. Your phone calls as well. We are live in Studio 99. Huge loss for the Oilers, 6-3 to the Devils. Oilers Hockey presented by Osmond Auction. You're listening to Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Osmond Auction. This is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio. 630 chair. Colton White, center, and a glove save made by Stollers on a deflection. A faceoff will come to his right. All right, both Oilers goalies play tonight. That's the save of the game for Jiffy Lube. Get winter ready at jiffylubeservice.ca. Koskinen takes the loss. Stollers came in 
in relief. He led in two. The Devils beat the Oilers 6-3 tonight as the Oilers go 2-2 two and two on this critical four-game homestand. Again, not good enough on home ice. Their home record for the season, 16-17-2. and two. So they haven't been able to take advantage of Rogers' place nearly enough. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown, live in Studio 99. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. You can get us at 780-496-0063. And we have Marco standing by. Marco, nice to hear from you again. Thanks for calling. Thank you very much, you guys. Um, you know, I was at the game tonight, and unfortunately, I have to say the highlight for me was winning money at the casino tonight. Like, it was it was just really a tough one all around, all around for the Oilers tonight. We just seemed like we couldn't get a bounce to go our way. But I'm just wondering, I obviously Koskinen didn't have his best performance tonight, but do you guys think that he's our main guy? Like, he is our number one goalie and can be for a long time? Uh, I think he is the number one goalie. Can he play like it for a long time? I don't know, because... He's 5-2 and two in his last seven games, which is good. But in the two losses, he's been pulled in both. Very, The highs have been very high, but the lows have been pretty lower up. Well, he, they need him to be the number one guy. Well, yeah, that's the thing. He is. He is for the, next, for the next three years. He's signed to be. I mean, they got to go in the offseason and trying to find a backup to, to, to push him a little bit. But, yeah, he, he is the number one guy. And uh, for three years, and hopefully that... The, the positives and the good nights that we see him is something that we're going to see more on a consistent basis and the, the off nights are, are few and far between because the Oilers, the way they play and, and uh, they give up a lot of great A scoring chances. They need their goaltender not to be above average. They need him to be very good most nights to come out with victories and, and to his credit, since the Talbot trade, he has been most nights. Tonight just wasn't one of those. Yeah, and you can go after the season, Rob, and I think you and I have actually done this and you can take the, you can sort the stats by save percentage. And oftentimes the 16 teams that make the playoffs have the 16 goalies with the best save percentages in the league. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it doesn't always work out exactly that way. And sometimes teams, some teams might split more than others or, or there's an injury. And uh, I'm just going to see if I can get, but I did this the other day and I think Koskinen was, was 20th in save percentage or something like that. So if, I, I mean, I, we get a lot. We got a lot of questions when we signed him in the summer, and we said we don't know. And now we know more about him. And like I said, we've seen some. We've seen some extended runs. Mm-hmm. You know, so he won his first seven games on home ice, and had, had I think it was it three. He had the three shutouts in, yep. that, in that span. And we've seen him the last five games look pretty good. But having said that, if you have nights like tonight where you're, I mean, the Oilers did not play well enough overall. But Schneider did more to bail out his team than Koskinen did to bail his out. And if next season Koskinen's the 20th best goalie in the NHL, well, that's, that's not going to be good enough unless the Oilers score a time. No, you're right. And, and all good goaltenders at some point get pulled. And all good goaltenders in the National Hockey League uh, have off games. I mean, if you look around the league, the Carey Prices, the Pekka Rene's. I mean, we've seen those goalies struggle at times in games against the Oilers. It's having more of the good and less of the bad. And when you're bad... Or you're having one of those off nights, you somehow make the one big save that makes a difference in the hockey game. Uh, he's still learning his craft at the National Hockey League level. He's still, what is he at? Is he even at 40 games yet or somewhere around? Oh, yeah, him? this was 44. So, yeah, so at 44 games in the National Hockey League. So he's still, no one really has a, a, uh, the, a paper on him that says, okay, here is what you're going to get from him consistently because we just don't know yet. But we have seen in this last little stretch that he has given the Oilers more than enough 
most nights, and we just hope that that continues going forward because if the Oilers are going to have a push here and they are going to somehow squeak in and go 10-2 and two in their last 12 games, uh, there's going to be three or four nights that Koskinen's going to have to bail them out and is going to have to be the guy to steal a game because they've got some tough games on the road coming up against teams that uh, normally dominate and, and, and carry the play. And you need a goaltender that can win you games, and he's going to have to be the guy. So we're, for the Oilers, we're 70 games into the season. Most teams are around that. So I just did a sort on NHL.com of goalies with 25 or more appearances. Yep. And Koskinen coming into tonight, this has actually, I think, no, I think they've already updated this. Koskinen has the 21st best save percentage of goalies who have played 25 more games. And the Oilers are 23rd overall. Yeah, I mean, and I mean, I know other goalies have played, but he's now been the number one. So next season, if he plays 55 to 60 games and has the 21st best save percentage in the league, that's the Oilers uh, are probably good enough. Yeah. No, they'll be outside the playoff line again. They they need him. Uh, they need him to be consistent because uh, the Oilers they do at times leak chances, and they did again tonight. I mean, in this game tonight, the Jersey scored six goals. There was three or four saves in the first period Koskin made that were, were pretty big. And New Jersey missed, I think they had three or four two-on-ones in a breakaway that they didn't score on. There were a lot of scoring chances for the New Jersey Devils today. Way too many. And Ken Hitchcock touched on that after the game. Yeah, 6-3, the Devils win it. Let's go back down to the Oilers dressing room for GCL Diesel. Genuine diesel parts and turbochargers at great prices. GCLDiesel.com. Here's Captain Connor McDavid. In your opinion, Connor, just... Uh why did this one go sideways for you guys? How'd you see it? We just took him for took him lightly. Um, yeah. I took the game for granted. Um, you know, didn't think uh, we needed to work. And um, obviously, they're they're a good team. I mean, they, they work hard. They they don't uh, they don't have necessarily the, the veterans in the lineup. But um, you know, whatever they lack uh, for experience, they, they make up in, in effort. Is this one that you once you go to bed tonight or wake up tomorrow morning, you got to just shake off and go forward? Still. Yeah, I mean, we, that's how you got to look at it. You know, for us, we're kind of in, in, uh, in a little bit of a playoff series here until uh, the end. Um, you know, and, and you know, when one doesn't go well, you got to shake it off and, and you know, be ready to work for the next one and keep going. Obviously, it's disappointing. We, we missed a huge opportunity tonight, and that's frustrating. All right, there's Connor McDavid, and they're just showing the Devils' shorthanded goal as he and Clefbaum were chasing couldn't get back well and, and i mean there's many moments in the game where you can say well that was the turning point but the Oilers are down 5-3 at that moment uh they they scored the late goal in the second they are on the power play you're thinking if they can make it 5-4 here there's plenty of time left in this hockey game and new jersey will will start to to crumble they the memories of the game in calgary will start to haunt them and instead of scoring the power play goal they give up a shorty and on that one, Coleman is fast. I don't know a whole lot about the kid, but he is fast. He's got pretty good hands. I think that was his 21st of the season this year. And Clefbaum had absolutely no chance of catching him. Connor McDavid tried to give him a little push from behind with his stick, but he wasn't going to catch Coleman. And it's it just a huge goal at a huge moment. And this is normally, or when the Oilers are having success, their power play is coming up with big goals at big moments. Tonight, unfortunately, their power play let them down. All right, 780-496-0063. We have Scott standing by. Hey, Scott, go ahead. Thanks for taking my call, guys. Uh, I kind of wanted to touch on uh, McDavid's play. Um, but, Rob, you basically said everything I wanted to uh, uh, touch on, so I'm just going to leave that alone. Um, 
I thought Sakara had the best shift of any defenseman all year this year in the third period. Uh, really had uh, uh, thought that uh, him and, yeah, like uh, Hit said, him and Benning were definitely the, the, the top two defensemen uh, you know, lately for sure, especially tonight. And just to touch on, on that play and uh, on the shorthanded goal, um, I know he has said that, you know, you could say a lot of things, but McDavid was going full speed. And uh, Clef got a little bit of ahead of, or pardon me, in, in front of him. Um, no, I'm not going to criticize Connor at all, but he stopped skating between the red blue line and kind of left it up to Clef. Um, I don't know, what do you think about um, I, I've watched Connor play enough, and I, I think if he felt he could catch Coleman, that he would have. Um, I think Clefbaum kind of got in his way, and, and not Clefbaum's fault. I mean, they both kind of got in the same lane. Coleman's fast. Uh, I, I don't know if he's McDavid fast, but he's pretty darn close. So, I mean, I, I only watched the replay, and I wasn't looking to see if Connor would have caught the guy. But to me... I, 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 there's been a couple times I've seen Connor McDavid get on his horse and fly back there if he feels he can catch the guy and stop a scoring chance. Connor McDavid understood the importance of this game and he understood the importance of that power play. So it, I feel if he would have felt he could have got there, he would have got there. Devils win at 6-3. You will also hear from Edmonton's John Quenville, who scored a goal for the Devils tonight. More of your phone calls as well. We're live in Studio 99, Oilers Hockey, presented by Osmond Auction. You're listening to Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Osmond Auction. This is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio, 630-10. Vital game for the Edmonton Oilers, and they lay an egg. New Jersey Devils win at 6-3 at Rogers Place. Next up for Edmonton, start of a three-game road trip against Arizona on Saturday. It's on 6:30, Chad, with the face-off show at 6:30, and the game will start at 8. Our adjustment of the game for that one for the Alberta College and Association of Chiropractors. If it hurts, see a chiropractor. Visit albertachiro.com. Fair to say pretty much everything after a night like this. <laughs> yeah, it, it was not a night that the others are going to want to watch this game film again. So the, the, the penalty killing, it was 30th in the league coming into tonight. Oh, pardon me, it was 29th. <laughs> it might be 30th after tonight. It's been basically, I don't know if they've ever been last, but they've been 29th or 30th most of the year. And, and again tonight, Rob, lost face-off and chances to clear the puck that wound up on the sticks of Devils. And, and then they got a couple power play goals as a result. Well, there's there's probably f- four areas that the others the got to get better at. And, uh, and I don't know if it's things that they can just change um, with what they have. I think they need probably to find different players because it's been going over and over and over again with different coaching staffs and, mm-hmm. and good coaching staffs. Uh, they don't win enough face-offs, that's obvious. And, and we've seen a lot where we Leon Dreisaitl and Connor McDavid have started PKs simply because Leon is their best centerman. But you don't want to overtax him and, and because there's so many other places you need him. So you don't win face-offs. Uh, the others are not good at clearing the puck. And Ken Hitchcock talked on this tonight. So those are the two that he talked about. The other two things, I don't think the the others give too many cross-lane passes. They're not good with sticks and lanes. So when when a puck goes from one side to the other, and we've seen it when the others are successful in the power play, that's Leon Dreisaitl's one-timer. 
a goalie, he can't get across. You're asking too much of a goalie if that puck gets there smoothly. And we've seen that over and over again for the last couple of years that the Oilers get the, the, the lead, give that pass up cross ice. And the other one is the Oilers aren't good at getting into shooting lanes. There's, uh, I mean, at one point last year, we, we saw that uh, Cassian, who was a penalty killer, had like three block shots on the year. And great penalty kills are penalty kills that block shots that pucks don't get through. And the puck doesn't have to score. A puck that's coming from the point doesn't have to score to create problems. Now there's a rebound. Now you're running around. And then you get into a, a Keystone Cop kind of situation. So those are the four things the Oilers have to get better at. And uh, that is, in all honesty, that's as big an issue that they have to solve this summer as any other one because their penalty kill lose them so many hockey games. Every time you give up a, pe a penalty goal or a shorthanded goal, that means you have to go score two goals because now you got to get the, get it back and then you got to get another one to go out and, and win a hockey game. So they've given up too many of those and they've lost so much momentum because a penalty kill hasn't gotten it done. Well, and now after tonight's game, even if you just throw out the percentages and how many times you've been shorthanded, the Oilers have now allowed 53 goals. The Devils, who have the fourth best percentage coming into tonight have allowed 37 so that's 16 goals against so i mean over the that's course a quarter of a season of your, well, th that could be that's almost three or four wins yeah or that's more. almost a quarter of a season where they're giving up an extra goal a game simply on, on the penalty kill and that, that's way too many uh you, you want to have i mean the Oilers should have a top five to seven power play in the national hockey League because of the players they have if they have a a, uh, a top, you know, 16 penalty kill. Like, they don't even have to have, like, a top 10, but if they have something right in the Average. middle of the road, now all of a sudden that's probably another six to eight points you've gained in the standings simply by having an average penalty kill. And they haven't had an average penalty kill for a long, long time. It's been bad. And you can't be a good hockey club with a poor penalty kill. It just hurts you too badly. Yeah, so I mean, just the goal differential on special teams. So uh, one power play goal for the Oilers tonight, right? Two against. So that's, I mean, that's, they're minus 10 on special teams. Well, well, actually, did you count the shorthanded goal against tonight too? Oh, I didn't factor in shorthanded goals. So that hurts Well, the too. Oilers have some shorthanded goals too. But tonight, too. tonight, they're minus two. That's right. In, in specialty teams. And their goaltender wasn't as good as the other goalie. So you lose specialty teams, you lose the goaltending battle, you're usually going to lose a hockey game. All right, 6-3, the Devils win. We have Scott standing by. Scott, thanks a lot for calling. You're on with Robin Reed. Hey, Reed, always nice to talk to a uh, Grand Trunk Grizzly alumni. How are you doing? Oh, this is Scott from uh, Evansburg. How's it going? Good, good. Uh, yeah, disappointing. I uh, was at the game on uh, Monday with my 13-year-old daughter and uh, fantastic, you know, uh, came out hard the guys played good and uh, it was uh, well worth the trip into the city came in tonight and obviously you guys know as well as I do very disappointing um, I was just uh, had a quick question I was wondering what you guys think like last night uh, New Jersey gets absolutely humiliated by Calgary uh, six goals in the third and uh, what are the odds normally uh, Rob what do you think uh, team comes back are they uh, completely defeated on the road going playing back-to-back -back or uh, coming in hungry or, or what's the deal what normally happens with, uh, with a pro sports team uh, well, usually, the next night? Anytime that you get embarrassed, you want to come back and make amends very quickly. And the New Jersey Devils were embarrassed in Calgary. They, gave, they had a lead going into the third period. They gave up six goals. 
uh, you, you don't want to sit on that. You don't want to have two days of practice. A, the practices suck because the coaching staff is in a bad mood. They're going to skate you. You're going to have battle drills. So you want to make amends. You want to very quickly go out there and prove that that was a one-off. So they wanted to play tonight, and they were going to bring their A game. And their A game is not as good as other teams in the National Hockey League because they don't have the skill level. But they came and worked hard and battled hard and competed hard, and the Oilers didn't match that. So you re as a team, so the Oilers sitting here today, Ken Hitchcock would be worried a little bit because you do not like playing teams that have been beat up badly, that have been embarrassed, because you know that they're going to respond well. And, and the New Jersey Devils did that today. So you think that's what we're going to see against Arizona, four-point game on Saturday night with the well, Oilers? Well, I, I would hope so, and you're going to have to because if Arizona wins tomorrow against Anaheim Ducks on home ice, that will put them eight points up. So now all of a sudden the Oilers play Arizona on Saturday night. If they lose in regulation, they'd be ten points behind Arizona, which would just cinch the season. I mean, the, the year would be over. So they need to win in Arizona. There's certain games that they have to win and that would be one of them the team that you are chasing you have to beat them so i would expect the others to have their best effort of the season on saturday night and just hope that it's good enough scott safe drive home man i'm really glad you called it's nice to hear from you uh, scott i used to play uh, ball hockey with him in entwistle in the summer Ball hockey. Yeah, well, just informally outside, like not organized. <laughs> informally, I've never. It wasn't. It wasn't a league. It wasn't a league. We you played. You played. You played, with you played street hockey. Yeah, but yeah. we'd go. I, I think we used to play. I can't remember where it was. It had, there were boards. Like, oh wow! Yeah, and I, think was out, I think it was an outdoor rink. Yeah. Well, you guys are big league there. We just play in the street around all the well, neighbors' we cars. We could have played in the street, but there's probably too many potholes. <laughs> if you'd lose the puck. Or you lose you the guys ball, used a puck. Is he used a puck too? No, we you used, guys are like yeah. highfalutin out there. <laughs> Oilers lose six three to the Devils. Well, we have another Scott on the line. Everybody's going to know this gentleman's voice. Hopefully, he's had a little bit of time to cool down. Maybe he's been watching highlights of one of the Patriots' many Super Bowl victories while hmm. he's been on hold. It's Scott in Boston. Go ahead. Reed, am I up? Yes. Whenever I me? say, whenever I say, go ahead. I know. It's annoying. I'm sorry. All right, I'm going to cut through about four points in about 40 seconds, and then, as usual, I got Rob's trivia time. You know what? There's not a bigger McDavid fan than me. I think the kid's the best player this world has seen since Lemieux went to the league in 84. But did you hear what he said in the post-game interview? We took them lightly. Connor, I hope you're listening. What? You took them lightly? Lightly? You should be sky high for every game. You're playing for your playoff lives. I love you, kid, but that was an awful answer. And you're the captain of the team, and you, that's disgusting. You took them lightly, as if it's uh, November 3rd. Get real. Now, listen, they were never going to end the season 14-0 and make the playoffs. Tonight was a loss, and they got, uh, they got to go on about a 9 out of 10 run, no doubt. Tonight, in their defense, they had no puck luck. I watched the whole game. It was on NBC Sports Network. I saw the whole game. Just one game at a time, see what happens. It doesn't look good, but let's see what happens. Now, time to criticize. Are you with me? I'm sorry to say that. My phone sucks. Am I on? Totally. Okay, Reed, I'm sorry. Okay. I have two questions for Mr. Hitchcock. Why did he not use his timeout, and why did he never pull the goalie? When this team went down, they went from a 2-1 to lead to a 4-2 to deficit. Yes, there was only four minutes to go in the second period, and you, one may say, oh, well, they'll talk to them intermission. No. Calling the timeout sends a message, message to your opponent and your players. He's, what's he saving the timeout for next game? T tell Hitchcock they don't roll over. All right? And I want to know this. 
when they're on a power play with five minutes to go and they're down six to three, what the heck was the score? Down three goals. And he's not pulling the goalie. Really? He could have made it a six on four with four minutes and a half to go. And they might have just made it with two-goal game or one-goal game. Who knows? How the heck did he never pull the goalie tonight? All right. We'll, dis- we'll, dis- by- Scott, I'm, I'm we'll discuss. I'm like we'll discuss. We'll discuss after your trivia question. Do it, do it quickly for Rob here. should have been fired in February. I'm PO'd at him. <laughs> Rob did, did leaving his goalie in the net down three goals with five minutes to go on a power play. Get Rob. I'm going to go coach the team. I'll play out tomorrow. Hey, what's your trivia question? Right, Rob, Rob, here's trivia. Yeah. Hurry. All right. I, I was reaching on hold. This may be kind of bland, but how many years in a row did Gretzky win the Hart, uh, the Hart Trophy as MVP? And this is for the kids in Alberta. Listen, the 10, 15-year-olds out there. This is how much better Gretzky was than McDavid, Lemieux, and Orr. How many years did he win the MVP in a row, starting in 1980? In 1980, you won it? Uh, yes, sir. This is verifiable. I, I have a pictorial biography. Well, I'll I, this up. Eight. 80 to 80. Oh, my God, you nailed it. 8. 80 to 87. Rob. And, yes. and then he, well, because it wasn't, didn't Mario win? Mario won in 88. Yeah, so, so 83 87. 89. But just, for, I'm honest, I'm talking to the hockey kids. All right. There, Thanks, you know? Scott. Thanks, Eight. Scott. All right. Uh, pulling the goalie, you always say. I would have. Yeah. I, I would have. I, I mean, why not? Yeah. I, I'm going to say this. I, I really think... And I'm going to send this out to everybody, and you, people are probably going to get mad at me. I really think a lot of you overestimate the impact of a timeout on a hockey game. Like, yes. you have one. I mean, if that's all you're going to focus on after a game like this, I, I think you're looking in the wrong areas. Now, there are times when, yeah, you could use it to rest players shorthanded or on a power play. We have seen Hitch be more willing to use yep. it earlier games than McClellan was. Absolutely. New Jersey did use a timeout tonight trying to actually kill a penalty and maybe Edmonton would have used one in that situation well, anyway. Yeah, New Jersey needed to rest their players because they only have certain like they needed the same players to be out there for the penalty kill. I, yeah, the timeout honestly the timeout really doesn't mean much. It doesn't really stop momentum. I know the people think it does but it doesn't. Uh, the Pulling the goalie though, I, 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 I've always talked about it. If you're down a couple goals and you're on a power play with five, six minutes to go, pull the goalie. I mean the Oilers have been pretty good lately uh, with the goalie pulled. They, they, we saw against the Leafs the other night. So, yeah, I would have pulled the goalie, and I was, yes. I was again, surprised at the end of the game with a couple of minutes left that they didn't pull the goalie then. Because they pulled it down three against Toronto. Yep. And, 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 and I, I do agree with Scott and Boston there. So you're down 6-3 with six and a half minutes left when you got the two-man advantage. Yep. If you lose 7-3. Who cares? Like, yeah, a loss you've is a loss, a but night. you needed a goal. And you needed a goal quickly, too. That was another thing. When you pull your goalie, you have a better chance, you would think, of scoring a goal quicker so that you can have more time left to make the next two-goal comeback. 6-3, the Devils win it. They get a goal from Edmonton's John Quinville. Here he is, courtesy BDO First Call Debt Solutions, Bankruptcies and Consumer Proposals, Licensed Insolvency Trustee. Yeah, of course. Um, you know, it says a lot about our group. Uh, traveled last night, back-to-back game, but well, we came out, we played hard, and uh, we played full full 60-minute minute game, and I think everybody you know, really played well, contributed, and uh, it just feels great to win. It just looks like this young group, when, when things go well and everyone kind of feeds off that, and that's 
that's what it looked like tonight. He has a lot of different goal scorers. Is that kind of the case? Yeah, lots of energy. You know, he's, we scored a goal, and then uh, the shifts after, we, we, we had a definite bump up. And even a couple of goals they scored, we came out right after, and we had energy, and, uh, you know, we stuck to it all, all night. Yeah, they got that goal late in the second. You get, Did you guys hit the reset button in here and come out for the third? Yeah, I think we felt good about how we were playing. And, um, you know, going to third, we just wanted to make it a 20-minute game, 0-0. Uh, we played really well, and you know, obviously happy with uh, with the result. What does it say about the character of this team? To you know, you guys have been counting it out, and but you played five pretty good, you know, five pretty good periods in these last two games. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I think lots of veterans have touched on it earlier. That uh, you know, obviously guys go down, and uh, there's no excuse. You want to show up every night and and uh, play for the the sweater. And I think we did a great job that tonight. What does it mean for you to score here? Uh, it's great. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, just just playing here is a you know uh, my dream for sure and some uh, I always hope to do you know and John Quenville second uh, second goal of his career first of the season game winner Devils beat the Oilers 6-3 as we look at the Edmonton Trailer scoreboard drive away with your newer used trailer head to edmontontrailer.com it was the Blackhawks over the Maple Leafs 5-4 4 nothing Chicago after the first Leafs rallied but couldn't tie it they had 29 shots in the third period and the only other game in the NHL it's the Canucks knocking off the Rangers 4-1 the Oilers farm team the Bakersfield Condors losing in overtime tonight by the score of 5-4 to the San Diego Gulls uh, we got to update face-off trivia here Rob Dave won that so he gets his name into the grand prize draw for a $1,000 prepaid Visa gift card courtesy Alpine Credits. Homeowners get approved. Visit alpinecredits.ca. The Oilers' uh, first ever regular season overtime win was back on October 9th, 1983. Who got the goal? It was Yari Curry. He and Dreisaitl tied for career regular season overtime winners with seven apiece for the Oilers. By the way, we're looking for somebody to finish the play. We'll take uh, someone who's never called 630 Chet before. First-time caller, 780-496-0063 for our Finish the Play contestant tonight. More of your uh, comments if you're on hold. Stick with us, and you'll also hear from Alex Chason. Bad loss for the Oilers, 6-3 to the Devils. This is Canadian Brewhouse, Overtime Open Line. Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Austin Auction. This is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio. 630 chair. New Jersey Devils 6, Edmonton Oilers 3, so no movement for the Edmonton Oilers in the playoff race. They remain 6 back of the Arizona Coyotes, and they have to pass now Chicago. They have to pass Colorado. They have to pass Minnesota, and they would have to pass Arizona. They get in. Tons of work to do over the last 12 games. Yeah, but it's simple for them. Win. I mean, yep. they don't have to even think about anything else. Now just go win hockey games and hope for the best. All right, 780-496-0063. We have Jason standing by. Jason, thanks for calling. Hi, how's it going, guys? Love the show. Uh, I just want to make uh, one question, ask you one question. Uh, do you guys think they're playing too much analyzed hockey and not enough creativity with the art? With the exception of Dreisaitl and McDavid, but the remaining team? Um, I don't know if the the remainder of the team uh, is creative, have the, has the creative ability. I, I think that outside of their, their top two players, and then you can throw Ryan Nugent Hopkins in there, uh, they have a lot of guys that are just north-south type players, get pucks in corners. Uh, if you ask them to get outside of that and be creative, I think you're asking for trouble because they've never been that kind of hockey players. So the Oilers... 
they've got three very skilled players up front, and then they got a lot of Ham and Eggers, guys that uh, their, their strengths are working hard, getting pucks in deep, getting pucks to the net, using their physicality. So I, I don't think you can ask players to do things that they're not capable of doing. Jason, we're going to finish the play with you. You have already earned an eight-day parking pass at EIA, courtesy Jet Set Parking. Best price on Edmonton Airport parking. Book online at jetsetparking.com and self-park for as low as $5.98 per day with the promo code CHED. Here's the audio we have, Jason. Their lap shift, just 18 seconds to the point. Shot bending, save Schneider. Rebound off the post. Dreisaitl, Drew Iron. So nothing for Dreisaitl today, Jason. His point streak comes to an end after how many games? Was it 14 or 24? 14. Absolutely. So your name's going into the grand prize draw for a one-hour rental, Fast Track Indoor Carding, Safe Adrenaline Pumping Fund, Fast Track Carding, Edmonton.com. As Dreisaitl had racked up 23 points over the course of that 14-game streak. Well, his streak is over, but if the Oilers are going to make the playoffs, he's going to have to start another one next game and have a 12-game point-scoring streak going into the offseason. Yep. And oh, by the way, McDavid didn't get his goal against the Devils. He's going to have to wait till next year. Only team he has not scored against. Wow. Yeah, you're right. I thought that was a sure thing, too. I think I said that beforehand. I also guaranteed victory, so I was wrong on both accounts. <laughs> <laughs> 780-496-0063. We have Tony. We will go to Tony next on the open line. Tony, thanks a lot for calling. Go ahead. Hey, how's it going, boys? Pretty good. Um, don't like to be a negative Nancy to this team because I'm... I'm even though like we're our, our chances, chances are very slim, I do think that we will. You know, it's going to come down to the very like to the very end. Uh, what I saw in the second period was, you know, we did not even like it. It seemed like we just stayed in the locker room during the second period. We didn't play at all. Uh, the goals that we gave up, like the one with the one with the one that Glenville got. I'm sorry, but Kaufman, you had you had to have that one. Um, the one thing I've been wondering. Because I've been, I've been, I was watching tonight's game. It seems like we worry about too much, of, too much of the fancy stuff, and not like, like tonight, as, as like tonight, it was shoot, shoot the pucks at the net, and we got, they got lucky. But Edmonton was too busy, you know. Oh, this guy's open, so I'm, you know, I'm gonna do, you know, trickery or whatever, try and get it in. Well, when we do, when we do complicated hockey, we don't win. But when we just shoot the puck at the net and actually try to create chances, that's when we actually start winning the games. And I just want to know, like, is that just because of the fact that, it's the fact that we're that kind of team that we're just going to, you know, try to create chances instead of actually um, making them or what? Because, as I said, when, we, when we're just shooting the puck at the net, we're, we're winning, but when we're, you know, trying to make fancy passes and trying to, you know, and trying to create stuff that we're not going to create, we cause turnovers and we lose, like yeah. tonight. Thanks, Tony. Um, I, I, I don't know if I, I... I think that the Oilers were off on some of their passes today. I think their top two players uh, weren't as sharp as they normally are. Um, but I, I, I don't find the Oilers to be uh, a, a fancy team anymore. I, I, their second, third, and fourth lines, they, they don't play that. They've been dumping it in almost been, every yeah, time. I think they've become much more predictable, which you want to be in a second, third, fourth. Actually, the caller that we just had before, Jason, talked about the fact that he felt that maybe they needed to be a little more creative. So I, I didn't see that tonight. I think that you saw some mis, mishandles and some mispasses by players that normally 
are pretty spot on when they make a play. So yeah, I, I, I think the Oilers understand what they have to do to be successful, and they've been doing that a lot as of late. Tonight, they just, they just not ha- did not have a good hockey game, and unfortunately, it cost them. 6-3, the Devils win it. We have Rocket on the line as well. Rocket, thanks a lot for calling. Go ahead. Hey, how you doing, boys? Good. On behalf of Finn McCools on Gateway and White Bud, I want to tell you that our motto is our glass is always half full when it comes to the Edmonton Oilers. All right, sounds good. And happy St. Patrick's Day. Well, you started early. <laughs> Isn't it on the 17th? Yeah, he might not make it. It's not today, is it? <laughs> no, it's not. It's it's on uh, it's Saturday. It's what day? It's a Sunday. Yeah. Yeah, Sunday. All right. Well, okay. he's going to be he's well primed. He's, he's well primed. He's rocking. He's rocketing and rolling. That was uh rocket 7804960063. We have Terry on the line as well. Terry? Holy mackerel, you got me following Rocket. <laughs> Listen, uh, well, you're usually the one who talks about how much beer you drank while you're on hold. <laughs> yeah, right, fellas. Listen, I got about uh, two or three quick points and then a question for you. Um, you know, uh, Rob Reed uh, on, on, on a night tonight where uh, McDavid and Dry Seidel were not all world, uh, it would be nice to have free ice cream and beer. I agree yeah. with that. <laughs> I, I agree too. I agree too. Yeah. I want to be king. And uh, uh, kudos to Matt Benning and uh, Sakara. Uh, they've they've had a, a, a really really bang up season. Good for them. Uh, about four or five years ago, there's a fellow named Chris Russell was playing for the Calgary Flames, and uh, CBC went into their uh, ranch and uh, uh, did a, a story on them. And I was so taken. I thought, man, you guys really got yourself a good man there. And when we got him, I thought, <laughs> can't lose him. I'm, I'm, I'm still happy we got him. Unfortunately, his uh, partner, Darnell Nurse, uh, not so much. I don't know how many times I've seen this guy. Yeah, uh, but Terry, look, you, 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 that's just your thing. Like, for some reason, you hate Nurse, and he never well, does he, anything he, well. He does, he does silly things. Like, he, he's been given the go-ahead, and he's done it again today. But all he, you do you know, is sit there and watch for mistakes by Nurse, who is not a perfect player. Uh, but changing boy. out yeah. Darnell Nurse does not fix the Oilers. Well, okay, my last, my last thing is I have a question for you. No, I want you to admit that you're being too hard on Nurse first. Uh, I've seen some good games of him lately, and I've given him Okay, I'll, I'll accept that. Yeah, uh, but again tonight, I thought he kind of let the, let the side down, you know, like he pinched in when he didn't have to. There was no need for it. And, uh, okay, you know, what's, your, what's your last point? My, my question is, uh, both of you fellas, as a general manager, what do you take out of this game and out of this last series of games? What do you take out of this going into next year? What do you make of this? Uh, you're not skilled enough. Uh, Which we didn't need to see tonight. We didn't need. I mean, I, I don't think we've you seen. You can't. Yeah. I don't think there's anything that we've seen in the last little while that we didn't already know. I think that you have found that you do have some depth players that can push for spots like next year, like a cave. Uh, like a Curry that can be a guy that can be a swingman, could be up or down. Well, you need to be them and have them in depth positions. Yes, in depth positions. So I think they, they've proven something. I, th- uh, I think that you've seen that Sekra is is back to. He may not be where he was two years ago, but he is uh, a consistent player now, making smart plays, and that's 
good going forward because you have them, I think, for two more years under contract at fairly good money. So I think those are things that you found out, and you found out that your all-world players, other than tonight, are pretty darn consistent on being all-world each and every night. So there are some positives you've seen in the last little while, but I don't think that should color over the fact that there are some things that need to be changed and the wins that they've had lately don't uh, cover up what that's, the season has been. That's a very good point. I mean, even if the Oilers, you know, have another good streak in the last 12 games, I think we know what the deficiencies are. And whoever the new GM is, you have to take... And when, and when you're... And that's, that's the thing. When you're the GM of a team, you kind of have to be you're the harshest critic of the team as well, which is hard because you've picked a lot of those players. I mean, I guess the new GM won't, but you know what I mean? Like, you have to say, okay, I, I like this about this guy, but he's not doing this. Or I watch, or we've played 30 other teams, and 25 of those teams have a better player in that slot. So I have to recognize I need to improve that. So that's, that, I mean, if, if a player, if a depth player goes on a tear at the end of the year, Josh Curry, whoever... It doesn't all of a sudden mean he's a top six player. I mean, you've you mm. got to be reasonable there. That is exactly right. Let's go down to the dressing room. This guy has had a good year. I don't know if he'll be back next year, but 20 goals for Alex Chason. Uh, not a lot of people expected that result tonight, but uh, what do you think? Um, came out flat, really. Um, it's, this point in the year, um, in the situation we're in, I'm not going to be the one here trying to find excuses. It's just that just wasn't our best, and everyone knows it. Um, I think that's what's frustrating is because we have done such a good job in the past eight, ten ga- t- eight to ten games in our play, and um, a game like tonight. Uh, obviously, there were two points that were in our favors, and. Um, we just weren't able to, to get it done. Um, so um, get ready for Saturday. You had a chance early third period on the power play. and it could have turned the game around right there. Guys. I don't even think you got a shot on goal. It was oh, yeah. frustrating power play of the game. Yeah, I think so. Uh, that's on us. Uh, uh, I think that's... That goes with what I was just talking about, um, just our execution tonight. It wasn't at the level it has to be at this point in the year. Um, our power play wasn't sharp enough um, tonight, and at this time of the year, um, special teams are are really important. Uh, I think we gave up two on the penalty kill, um, and we should have been able to get at least one more in the power play. It's not good enough. You guys had some good momentum going here. How do you make sure that you, you haven't lost it with a pretty crushing defeat? Like yeah, I, I think uh, I think lately we've done a much better job of um, finding our game a lot quicker uh, after a loss or after a game like this where um, earlier this season it felt like it would, it would go on for a couple games. Um, we're all aware here that tonight just wasn't our best, wasn't good enough. Uh, obviously, going forward, uh, the next three games here, we're playing three teams that are above us in, in the standings, and um, we're going to need our best. So um, 
that's the only thing we can look forward to. And uh, we got to throw the one from tonight out and forget about it. And they got to forget about it by Saturday night when they take on the Arizona Coyotes. That's your next broadcast here on 6:30. Chad Faceoff Show will be at 6:30. The game will start at eight. You can get more on 6:30Chad.com. Thanks to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer, and Troy Bowler, our engineer here at Rogers Place, New Jersey, taking down the Oilers 6-3. McDavid gets to 100 points. Gagne, Chason, and Benning scoring for the Oilers. Oilers hockey is presented by Osmond Auction. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks for listening to Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. Have a great night.